My name is Corrado, and um, he is Larry, and he is Matthew, a practice leader, and uh, he will be teaching yoga. And the yoga is optional, right? Okay. Um, as um, many of you, maybe all of you know, at the beginning of a retreat um, in this tradition, um, there is the taking of refuge and um, the taking of the precepts. Now, uh, taking refuge um, easily becomes um, something um, um, without without substance, and the precepts has uh, a negative ring. Um, but if we if we think if we leave aside taking refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, um, the idea is that we make a decision to look inside for what counts for what is important. We uh, all together make a decision uh, to spend this week looking, actively looking inside, um, looking for what uh, is really necessary, for what is important, for what counts. Um, it's um, it's a turning ground. It's a turning towards uh, what uh, we deeply uh, want, what we know deeply uh, is um, essential for every uh, living being. But then we forget it uh, because of our conditioning. Um, and so we have to remind ourselves. The practice itself, it's a constant uh, reminder. But in addition to uh, the silent practice, the tradition um, um, uses um, um, this um, ritual uh, of um, deliberately uh, saying or thinking um, that we take refuge, we do take refuge in this inner search, which is uh, being constantly swept away by a different kind of search, uh, which doesn't seem to create um, happiness, contentment, um, love, compassion. Um, the um, the uh, more um, common search is the search which is based on self-preoccupation and uh, goes round and round and it's called samsara and um, usually creates um, a lot of trouble but, it, but we, we are addicted so we insist on it we try to modify it uh, or we try to improve it improve uh, self-preoccupation, to improve the way, the, the way we um, um, want things to be in a certain way. 
um, it's hard to let go of the usual ways. Although we, we know, we've seen many times that they don't work. Um, so taking refuge is uh, an attempt at um, um, putting aside, uh, experimentally putting aside the self-centered search, which can be very subtle, even spiritual, um, and, and um, you know, follow the teachings and see what happens once we direct the search inside um, using mindfulness and uh, compassion. Um, in, a famous, in a famous teaching, uh, the Buddha says that um, the one who um, wants to reach that place of calmness, liberation, Nibbana, um, should be skillful in looking for the good, has to learn how to look for the good. It's not something which uh, um, um, uh, you know, we are born with. In a sense, we are, but um, we have to discover it. It's, it's, it's within, within ourselves, but we have to discover it. So, skillful in looking for the good, and um, capable, he uses this word, it's interesting, in Pali, sacco, which is, you know, capable. Uh, it doesn't say you should constantly be blissed out. It says capable. Capable, and then uh, there are two words, um, which one is, uh, means upright, straightforward, and the other one means perfectly upright, perfectly straightforward. Now, um, this um, uh, has to do with uh, an organic process, an organic development um, to um, develop um, uh, a sensitivity in, in, with regard to wisdom and to ethics. It's, it's, uh, it's not in a, in a self-righteous sense. And this has to do with, uh, with the precepts. In other words, um, um, being able, being, uh, being, sorry, being skillful in looking for the good implies that we get more and more um, um, based on integrity. Um, because we see that it's much better than not. Because we see uh, that um, that is uh, a rich soil and uh, a nourishing soil, although it takes uh, some right effort to, um, to develop uh, ethics. Um, there is a nice translation here, which for each precept, um, for each precept is given the literal translation and then um, um, a, a, a translation from um, a positive viewpoint. In other words, the first tra- the first way of translating is uh, not don't do that, and the the second way is uh, do this. But it's uh, two 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 sides of the same coin. 
Uh, so the first is, I, I will read one of five precepts, one after the other. I undertake the precept to refrain from killing. I vow to cultivate boundless compassion towards all being. I undertake the precept to refrain from taking what that which is not given. I vow to practice generosity. I undertake the precept to refrain from sexual harm. I vow to cultivate responsibility. I undertake the precept to refrain from harmful speech. I vow to cultivate loving speech and deep listening. I undertake the precept to refrain from intoxicating liquors and drugs which lead to carelessness. I vow to ingest only items that preserve peace, well-being and joy. Um, another meaning of um, uh, uju, suju, which means uh, upright or straightforward, is uh, simple, becoming simple. Uh, simple means made of just one thing, as opposed to, you know, what is uh, two or threefold or simple, it's just made of one thing. So simplicity. Uh, being simple, being essential, being authentic, being being true. Uh, we we take refuge in uh, in uh, in uh, you know in this aspiration, and this aspiration is supported by by the precepts. Um, the same the same su- in the same sutta, the Buddha says is a pride and is uh, very a pride and uh, this person who wants to to reach uh, great peace is also uh, sweet and uh, humble. So um, there is firmness. Uh, there is um, this um, ethical integrity, and at the same time there is this uh, sweet and humble aspect. I guess if we if we um, uh, meet someone uh, who is full of integrity, and sweet and humble, we rejoice. So um, there's a, a part of ourselves who instinctively knows that that is important. That that way, uh, uh, working at developing these qualities, we we become. Um, uh, better vessels to um, um, we become more spacious. Uh, there is, you know, in other words, um, the less self-importance, the more room for truth. Um, part of us agrees with this, but um, another part doesn't. Otherwise, you know, uh, would be the end of self-importance, and we don't want the end of self-importance. So it takes it takes patience, and um, I think taking refuge in the teaching, in the Dharma, in the Buddha, in the Sangha, 
has to do with how we proceed um, along this path. In a scripture, in a chapter of the Samyutta Nikaya, um, it is said that um, a certain deity of stunning beauty um, goes up to the Buddha and after paying homage to him, um, she said, how, dear sir, did you cross the flood? And the Buddha answers, by not halting, friend, and by not straining, I crossed the flood. But how is it, dear sir, that by not halting and by not straining, you cross the flood? When I came to a standstill, friend, then I sank. But when I struggled, then I got swept away. It is in this way, friend, that by not halting and by not straining, I crossed the flood. So it's going to be um, a seven days exercise in not halting and not struggling. It doesn't say what it did. It said what it did not do. So it's for us to imagine, understand, conceive uh, the right way. Um, a practical suggestion is that um, when we see that we are drifting away or halting, we go back, we come back to the practice. And when we are struggling, uh, we drop struggling and see what happens. So. Um, deciding once again, even if we've done it many, many times, to look for what is important, deciding to understand the, ri the right way of doing it. Okay, thank you. Since everyone here has already done some retreats, you know that there are benefits that come about through the retreat. They're written about, talked about, and no doubt you've experienced them. There are other benefits that come that sometimes go unmentioned. Uh, you meet good friends here. So for me, Teaching with Matthew and Corrado is just that. Uh, I met Corrado. This is going to be the 30th anniversary coming up, 30th birthday of IMS. And we met on one of the very first three-month retreats, so it was some time ago. Um, it was totally in silence. There were no discussion groups, except you would have an individual interview, and there were talks in the evening. And so I didn't know who he was, but Yogi Mind makes up stuff. And I, I had him pegged as, oh, no, not another New York Jewish psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> but then the last day of the retreat, you start talking, the last week, actually. But, and there are Yogi jobs. And um, the Buddha saw to it that Karato and I drew pots together. So we meet. 
and uh, I'm ready to uh, put up with this another New York Jewish psychiatrist. And it turns out that he says, Hi, I'm Corrado Pensa. I'm from Italy. Or somebody that came out. So, and we just started talking and walking. We've been at it ever since. This is about, we figured out it's about the 20th time we've led this retreat. And our friendship goes back prior to that. Uh, some years ago, there was a, a very, very good cook running around in the kitchen and dishing out food. He had a ponytail. That was Matthew. <laughs> Later on, he turned up at the Cambridge Insight Meditation Center, and one thing led to another. And uh, So now, we're, of course, you, you can't have as much fun as us. Although you do it on the sly sometimes, I know. Um, Our week together, <clears throat> uh, the outline that we'll be following, it's uh, a very traditional, it's sort of the Buddhist educational curriculum, uh, sometimes called the three pillars, which would be ethical refinement, which Corrado began to say something about tonight, stabilizing the mind, sometimes called concentration, and then developing insight, discernment, wisdom. Uh, understanding. So these three, uh, it's not that you finish one, then the next, and move on. They're always working dynamically, and when they, when you begin to see how you can't separate them, uh, becomes really a way of life. So the ethical part is relatively easy to comply with on a retreat. Uh, what's the worst you can do? Is uh, it says please take one cookie and you take two? I don't. Know, I guess there are worse things you can do, but I haven't seen. It's not. We're pretty safe here. Um, at least according to the if you if you play by the rules. Um, and this evening we'll start the meditation and we'll begin the uh, second pillar, which has to do with enabling the mind to calm down, to become more stable, bring it into focus. Uh, the quiet itself, to gather all of the um, scattered energies which are really squandered as the unexamined mind is just all over the place all day and even into our dreams at night. Uh, and bring that together, at least from time to time, we'll be using the breathing as the medium, the vehicle, the, the place which enables our energy to gather and collect itself. Uh, and then move on to other, uh, to insight work. Other things that will be emphasized will be to, is, uh, to live as naturally, to be as na- simple and natural as you can be, to stay relaxed. If you notice that you're tense, whether it's sitting or doing anything else at the center, relax. And I would suggest a very simple way to do that is just to notice the tension. It's not necessarily you have to try to relax which sometimes engenders even more tension. But uh, just visit the tension with mindfulness. And uh, as you, by now I'm sure, know, mindfulness, especially as it gets more refined and steady, is magical. It seems to help what it touches. Uh, so we'll be reminding you to, to learn how to allow things to be the way they are. We're uh, going to live as simply and as naturally as we can within the course limitations of a retreat which has a structure which we will honor. Um, yoga can help. The yoga on this retreat 
is not conceived of as a break uh, from sitting and walking. Not at all. It's an integral part of the retreat. Uh, we call it mindfulness yoga, and that's exactly what we mean it to be. Matthew will go into much more detail about it. But that certainly can help with the relax, with everything, really. Uh, especially if it's done in the same spirit that you might do walking meditation or any other activity that you already recognize as practice. So it isn't just a stretch break, although it is that as well. Um, and we'll be starting out with the breathing, but we won't be ending there. Uh, and as we get to know you in the group, we know some of you already, but a year has gone by and uh, we're pretty flexible in terms of how best the practice can unfold uh, for the seven days that we have this temporary community together, practice to practice together. Um, and what I'd like to do now is uh, begin by a brief sitting. But you've already been sitting through a manager's discussion and this. If you feel like standing, stretching, wiggling, please do so. And then we'll uh, go right into sitting. A few ground rules. I think many of you already know them. You know some of the, the some are already mentioned to you, the main ones. One that I don't think has been mentioned is that it's fine to stand. Let's say if you find your body is, um, after you've made a number of adjustments, practice with discomfort and so forth, it's fine to stand in place and do the very same practice, whatever your practice might be at the time, only in the standing posture. Uh, <clears throat> either for the duration of the session or as long as you need it and then resume sitting, it's up to you, but that is part of the etiquette of the hall, at least on this retreat. No special permission is needed. Okay. Please uh, assume what for you is the most comfortable posture. Arrange your body and your mind Bring them together, starting with the body, so that the head, neck, back are in a straight line, but not rigid, just upright. The chin tilted downwards just slightly, that facilitates breathing a bit. And before we do anything else, Get a sense of the body. You can move through it just briefly, taking a survey. And if you come upon any tension in the body, just stop and bring mindfulness to it. Feel the what we call tension. Perhaps it's the jaw, perhaps it's the shoulders. Sometimes our eyes are squeezed shut very tightly. Perhaps we're very determined. We have all kinds of ambitious plans for this retreat. Issues we're going to solve, decisions that are going to get made. 
Press the delete button. Let's just take it one breath at a time. But for the moment, let's bring the body into as upright and relaxed a position as possible, if you can manage right now. Whether you're in the chair, bench, cushion, you're lying down, same. And then notice the quality of mind that you're beginning the retreat with. Any particular mood, preoccupation, thoughts, something left over from the week. Maybe nothing. See where you're starting from. Not trying to fix anything or change anything. We've done it with the body. Now let's look in on the mind. Just looking in on it like this usually helps settle it. However the mind is, it's fine. And then if you like, take a few deep breaths. A little deeper than you're accustomed to, but not forced. And then simply allow the breathing to flow naturally. You'll be hearing this word, allow, very often, perhaps other words that are getting at the same thing. The emphasis being on being with the way things are, starting with our breathing. This attitude of allowing, you'll see, will make its way into the remainder of the instructions as they change. So it's a matter of letting the breath happen, not making it happen. There's no particular rhythm or quality of breathing that we're aiming for. We're not trying to make the breath comfortable or uncomfortable. We're learning how to allow the breath to be exactly the way it is, and then to receive it as it happens. Again, receiving is not running out and looking for. Why would you need to do that? The breath is right here. It's so close to each one of us. Just relax and feel the breathing happening. Wherever you've decided to do that. Some it may be the abdomen, some the nose, wherever. I know some of you are working with the whole body. I'm assuming... No one here should be a, bit, a complete beginner, so I'm assuming you all have had some instruction on this already and done it many times. Some of you have had a long day, perhaps of work and then travel, and you're already sleepy. Sit up straight, put some energy in the body, that will help you. Just be a brief sitting. Won't be very long at all. And then let's bring our attention to the natural breathing, just the way it is, the sensations. It's not a word or a picture. You can feel it. 
learning to be relaxed and alert at the same time. For the body to be as upright and comfortable as possible. Supporting a mind that is trying to do the very same thing, to be relaxed and alert. Just easing into that and taking it one breath at a time. Allowing all that's other than breath to just come and go. We're not for or against thoughts, moods, bodily conditions, sounds. Whatever is other than breath, let it be. Our primary object of attention is to become sensitive to the fact that we're breathing. It's a fact, it's not an idea. You can feel it right now. And when attention happens to slip off breathing, as soon as you become alert to that fact, you realize that you've not been with the breath at all, been caught up in something, could be anything, Simply, gently and easily, without any fuss, without making it into a problem, just ease back. And once again, meet the natural flow of breathing. Receive it. 